You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Happy Attica release day. I went through a bunch of drafts of this episode figuring out what I wanted to focus on because there was so much. Because looking back on previous episodes of 17 Talk, I've barely scratched the surface when it comes to 17's work. It's many layers, it's many ways of delivering stories, and effectively just being an artistic form of communicating and storytelling through choreography, lyrics, the music itself, videos and other visual aids. They just pack so many layered meanings into every release that continue to nod back to, in some ways, the same usages of those concepts in previous releases. So I really thought for Attica, I wanted to do a big overarching overview, not just of the new content, but of how it ties into past content. But to do justice to their discography, I decided I'm going to break up those layers. So today I'm going to focus on the lyric aspect of their work over the years and some new additions thanks to the Attica video and lyrics. You'll see what I mean. We're going to break down a lot of symbolism and the poetry of their words. A few brief, quick takeaways from the new content that I want to dive into, but I mostly want to focus on the exposition here. And then we'll talk more about Attica specifically on one of the episodes of 17 Talk coming very soon. Subscribe at howtostand.substack.com to my newsletter and stay tuned by subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss this upcoming week of 17 dedicated episodes. In addition to my usual content about a variety of stars, that will still happen, but I also want to dedicate a lot of time right now to unpacking 17's incredible catalog. And I think you will start to see what I mean with today's exposition of that. And if you read my previous newsletter essay, The Artistry of Seventeen. So let's go back to their debut days and the stories they were trying to tell then. As you all know, they first came onto the scene in 2015 with Seventeen Carat. This EP was really out of the gate, conveying this a-can-do attitude ready to figure out what's going on, but also feeling an emotional intensity I guess earnestness is the right word for it. Really being anxious, young boys bursting onto the scene, saying about being a shining diamond, you know, a rock under pressure basically, trying to find their way to really shine. Frustrated, confused, but earnest feeling that envelopes the first EP. They sing about crushes in different ways, like in 20, when they say the distance between you and me has no progress, in your eyes I'm probably still just a kid, What do I do? I can't get over how you're laughing in front of me. Wanting to prove yourself to someone. Those nerves and insecurities spill over into the Boys B EP, where they're saying, you know, Seventeen can't control these feelings. And they talk about putting up a front in this on fronting, trying to play it cool, but secretly trying to find some sort of way to convey your feelings to someone. And in Monse, the title track from Boys B, they're saying I have so much I want to say to them. I'm in love. Can someone articulate that for me? I'm too tongue-tied. They continue referencing feeling inadequate and childish. 
Like, they have a lot of growing up to do. In the aptly titled, When I Grow Up, they're singing about how I still feel like a child, and they're saying, don't let go of my hands, just wanting to be held and protected and understood. Wanting to grow up enough for you to recognize them as a lover, but also then you have songs like this one where they're back to saying, well, actually, maybe I do like being babied. Then came their first full-length album, Love and Letter, in 2016. Very Nice is a deeper, more revealing song than you remember, where they keep second-guessing, would I be cool if I did this or that? I have all these questions and I think you will make the answers clear about what I should do. But then they say, just the two of us forever, let's not believe that. First love never comes true. I hope that we aren't tricked. But the last message in the song is, see you again same time tomorrow. This is a repetitive theme in Seventeen's work, where a song starts out making you think, this is their key emotion, this is their story, and then it takes a curveball at the last minute, they have second guesses, they have doubts, or in some cases, a new last minute sense of boldness and confidence and a sense of actually, I do deserve this relationship. One song off of Love Letter that I think does a particularly good job of really exploring their darker emotions is Space. So I'm just going to read a bunch of lyrics from it, like the profound poetry I see it as. Can't see the end, the questions continue. I ask myself again and again if I can endure these things. Then as if it's nothing, I say, why can't I? Actually, it's been really hard. The fact that there's not a single person who will listen to my secrets that I've been keeping makes me sad. This reality makes me cry. Can't see the end. As I wash away the haziness at the sink, but everything stays the same. I see myself in the mirror with several days worth of makeup. My skin is ruined. I feel like I lost my goal. Feels like I'm floating in space. I don't know where to go. I ran all the way from the start without rest. But why? Where did my usual self go? What am I chasing after every day? I pray every night that it won't be a lie when I say I'm okay. But why are the expectations so high? I wipe away the bursting tears. I think of my family and dream once again. Can't see the end. Leave me alone. Actually, I'm miserable. I can't even close my eyes and sleep. I forgot how to go for it all. Now I have a habit of avoiding the little things. It's not the same as before. Why am I so desperate? Getting what I want will be harder than just determination, but I can't be impatient anymore. If I'm lost again, I need to find it again. What you gotta put a pin in for our discussion later is the fact that there's this incredible sense of loneliness in space and the big concept to remember is they talk about losing their way. Like, they don't have a compass. They don't know where they're going in life. In the end, an endless road is an image conjured up that seems the epitome of their worst fears. They feel so overwhelmed by that thought of this is something they are enduring with no end in sight and no one to go through the hard times with them. This endless road and the sense of drifting through life without someone to love is also a theme of drift away. Here are some profound lines. Time is passing. I'm looking back at my days that felt so long. I didn't know, but they were really short. All of the things that just passed, I miss them even more today. Memories drift away, become a big ocean. What's flowing in the past and present are the same, but I only have regret for the things I couldn't hold on to. You've drifted far away. I want everything to come back. The words I miss you make the memories so much clearer. But it drifts away again. 
and the next thing comes, naturally fitting myself to the present. In some memories, there's pain or regret. In other places, there's sadness and excuses. It smoothly drifts away, but what remains is a good feeling. I'm busy again today, feeling like I can hold on to the past, hoping that you'll come back to me. Everyone is busy today, feeling like they can hold on to the past. So there, they're not only longing for a relationship to not fade away and for a relationship to become just this foggy memory, but also there's the sense of time is changing its meaning because the past memories are now bleeding into your present as your days are consumed with these thoughts about that relationship you miss so much. They repeat in other songs as well, why is everyone so busy? I'm so busy, 24 hours is not enough time in the day. To think about you, to think about our relationship. A sense of your mind just being all consumed with what was and what could have been. There's a similar mix of lawning and cautious optimism that your dreams can come true in Simple. It's mostly very dark saying, I'm standing on the last road for today. In this big world, I know I'm like a particle of dust. Nothing is easy. Happiness is only a word. It's just a dream that everyone wants. I don't even want to believe that. But then later on, they say, even if everyone says I'm wrong, I hope we can all smile when the night is over. So let's still be friends even if it's, even if I'm very skeptical that our relationship can last. So then comes Pretty You, a song about trying to find the perfect words to use to summarize how you feel about someone, in agonizing over the task of just working up the courage to tell them how you feel. Then there comes the song Still Lonely, where the members sing about despite being super popular, they feel this lack of substantive, truly fulfilling relationships. It all feels surface level, and they don't want popularity in place of a real relationship. I'm soaked in popularity, but my attitude towards everything is whatever. I'm sick of trivial hangouts and conversations. I don't like having to live up to other people's expectations. All of it just piles up. All the phone numbers I don't call just piling up. This cursed popularity, why won't it go away? But why am I getting lonelier? My overflowing popularity is in direct contrast to the empty house inside. Loneliness, like a dust, is caked on me. They also then bring back up a looking in the mirror at yourself and despising what you see metaphor. So here now they're basically saying, life without love, it feels empty. So throughout this album, they have been going back and forth about, do I even go for it? Do I pursue a loving relationship? I'm way too guarded and worried about being hurt or saying the wrong thing and being rejected. It's way too scary. But then they decide to try the relationships they are more emotionally open to, which are surface level, and they realize that those bug them too. Lots of conflicting feelings here. And then the album ends where they decide, you know what, let's just go for it. If we're either going to pursue relationships that may not hurt us as deeply in the long run because they are based in less intense emotions, or pursue a relationship that may hurt more in the long run, but will be a more fulfilling relationship every day. We're going to pick the latter option now, but they still don't know how to do that. That's where the last song comes in, Love Letter. If they can't verbalize what they want to say to a crush, they'll put it in writing. Yet even that is a bit nerve-wracking for them to do. They talk about worrying all night about how their handwriting looked, but there's still so much I wanted to tell you that I couldn't in writing. 
The first two EPs set up this story of very earnest, energetic, and confused young boys trying to navigate the world in form relationships. Forming relationships becomes more of the clear focus and the extreme negative emotions that come with failing to form those relationships in Love and Letter. Then there is Going 17, and on this album, in the title track Boom Boom, they continue to say, you're all up in my head, still confused. Then they say, you're like an endless road, but I'll run to you and hold you. So the, now they're a little more open to, and giving more positive connotations to the thought of this endless road. Maybe it's exciting, not scary. Then in the song Beautiful, they talk about how life feels beautiful and meaningful now. But again, they bring up the word busy, and how everyone feels so busy, and then they're saying me too, thinking about you and our relationship. Love is fulfilling a really important purpose in their lives, as laid out in Highlight, where they say, emptiness is filled by each other's expressions, making it meaningful. Avoid that only we knew. You're pulling me somewhere. My reason of existence is you. Makes me want to smile like the spring. References to being the spring tear smile, double meaning intended, come up a lot in their work, and this is one notable example. When they say emptiness in expressions, but we feel that in each other and making the void full, these words that feel inadequate, adequate, by adding our emotions to them. The relationship has its ups and downs in this album. Fast paces a song that shows a period of turbulence, like maybe the relationship is going too fast. They talk about walking down this long tunnel, so again, this image of an endless road comes to mind in a negative light. But then there's Lean On Me, where they talk about, hey, lean on me, and I will comfort you. These ups and downs in their relationship are again exacerbated by the members' insecurities. Don't Listen in Secret talks about listening to your song, your special song associated with your relationship, to recall memories of it, to never forget. And in I Don't Know, they say the questions get shorter in comparison to the curiosity. Silence is breaking in our conversation. Unhappy feelings are filling up. It's overflowing. Can't do this anymore. Our surroundings are buried with sighs. It's quiet. It's suffocating. Unknown tears are falling. Am I longing for the past? They're going in different directions. But then, the album ends on a tender note with Smile Flower. Which again includes them saying, I'll be the spring to your smile and be there for you. We need to be with each other to really blossom. So if you're wondering, hey, all this back and forth, where is the cohesive narrative? Ironically, and as I argue in the essays on my newsletter and website, I see Seventeen's discography as being cohesive because of its complexities. They embody the range of the human experience. Every emotion is treated with the nuances and depth that it deserves, and these songs are proof of that. So they don't talk about any emotion as not multifaceted. Their story is so profound and worth sticking with and does have a clear plot because it has so many twists and turns, and that is life. Not the storybook version of a relationship progressing from point A to point B. The next album we've got to talk about is Teen Age. The title track is all about just clapping away the small stuff. And without you, they open up about how I was scared of being alone, so I spent my time foolishly reflecting on how they can make better use of their time and salvage a relationship that maybe they didn't spend enough time cherishing. 
In Rocket, they talk about just building a rocket and leaving this earth for a while for a reprieve and picturing how you, when you are emotionally conflicted, a nice metaphor here is a rocket. You don't know where you're going up in space, but you're going somewhere fun, interesting, and worth going. Rocket ends with the words, but I just need your hand, when they realize that's all they ever really wanted. In Flower, they reckon with the hard parts of a relationship, describing the thorns on this flower, but again they use the flower metaphor for a relationship that is beautiful despite its thorns. One of the cutest lyrics, I think, on this whole album is in Lily Yabai, when they say, we will meet in month 13, they can't trap us in four seasons. Now here comes the twist. The whole album is not about making lemons out of lemonade. Some of it is about just sitting with your sour emotions. The lyrics to Pinwheel say, I waited for you from far away. So busy, I want to always be waiting. That makes me feel better. Implying that holding out hope that you are coming back to them someday, even if you don't know the particulars, is better than thinking this is the end of it. Quote, even if you get lost, and it takes you a while, Come round and round back to me, even if it's far ahead in the future. Feels like time has hidden and taken you too. Can I see you? Sometimes I get bad thoughts. I start to forget you, but don't cry. It may seem sad, but I'm here. This sense of feeling stuck in the limbo is further explored in Trauma, which is a song about just really getting introspective about how much you try to shut out the outside world and feel like you don't belong. That's when they sing, I don't want to be forgotten, so I'm gonna sing this song. Anybody listening? Feeling used to being forgotten, trauma arising from my doubts, what is the reason I'm here? I just want to sing, or else I'll be trapped in my trauma, my mind has become impoverished, where is the end? I don't even know. I need a hand to hold. The sense that they have gone inward and don't like what they found or didn't find continues into the next release. With the single Don't Wanna Cry, the members sing about trying not to cry, and Esku talks about this unfamiliar road again, searching for someone, for something to happen. Referring to wanting to just hold someone's hands is another theme on If I, but then they also sing about on that song, feeling like they're losing their grip on you. They continue to sing about being tongue-tied on Swimming Fool, talking about their drowning in feelings for someone. They continue to struggle. They continue to be so conflicted with extreme and very relatable emotional highs and lows in Director's Cut. They bring back the flower, memory, and youth themes in Thinking About You. Quote, we were so young. Those days were so pretty. Each flower petal, each memory of ours, I haven't forgotten any of them. Everything was part of a painting. Even though it smudged and smeared, it was beautiful. Time became drops and kept falling. They continue to feel flustered and like there is a lack of language to fully articulate the depths of their emotions in the song Thanks, where they're saying, thanks just doesn't seem enough. I'll just keep saying it because there's no substitute, but I need a stronger word than thanks for how you've saved me. Relatedly, there's this funny aside in Oh My, when they say, On the sketchbook of my brain, I draw you out every day. What am I saying? Anyway, I just like you. They're really trying to put words to these feelings. There's some interesting symbolism developments in Our Dawn is Hotter Than Day, where they reference a beautiful road. They say, My tears are gone. And they say, I love you. And they reference it as if they wrote it down while they were carving each other's names romantically. So this is progress when it comes to emotional openness. 
in that emotional availability is kicked up a notch in call, 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 saying, hey, if you need anything, call me. Don't hesitate. I'll be there. I'll help you through it. They continue to navigate extreme emotions in a relationship, what it means to love and to be in love, in their first release of 2019, You Made My Dawn. And getting closer, they're saying, you know, you're paralyzing me. For some reason, this is awkward. My mind is going blank. Then in home, I'm suddenly afraid without you to go to because you're my home, my comfort. In shh. They talk about lies burning through a relationship and trust being so important to build to keep a relationship strong, struggling to name an emotion and good to me, promising to hug and be there for each other in the song hug. The extreme highs and lows reach even higher highs and lower lows in their next album, An Ode. Because you have songs like Hit and Network Love that make it feel like they feel free now. They're loving freely, openly, unapologetically, confidently. The world is your oyster. Things are great. You're on top of the world. Then they also have exacerbated doubts and fears about themselves and internal struggles with self-worth. Like, do I even deserve this relationship? Like in the song Fear, where they say, you must erase your memories of me. I'm poison. I'm dangerous. Everything turns gray. Before the poison spreads, gotta get away. Memories becoming tainted. Someone tell me what should I do? This is love consuming all of me. The way I love. So they further try to convince themselves, I don't deserve this love. I'm bad at love and I, I guess I don't want anything to do with you anymore. You know what? It's fine. I'm over it. That's what the song Lie Again is all about, but it's a giveaway that it's lying because the song is called Lie Again. There's an interesting development in Second Life, where they question if you would still want to be in a relationship with them in a future life. They're wondering, would we, in a different life, walk past each other and not remember anything? Or would all the memories come flooding back? A really interesting line in that song is, no words are necessary. The gaze, the touch, the only thing I can say is that I'm going to be by your side. Again, nodding to, hey... I know I still, after all this time, struggle to find the right words to fully carry the weight of my emotions. But does it really matter what words I use? We can feel how we're feeling together. They try to focus on these positive feelings in the latter half of the album. In Lucky and Snapshoot, songs about just kind of living in the moment and enjoying the relationship, basking in the glow and pride that relationship gives you. They continue to really bask in it in the single happy ending. And then there's an interesting reintroduction of the flower symbolism in Falling Flower. You're going to survive periods of blooming and withering in your relationship. And now you're falling. No turning back. You are really in love and can't deny that anymore. You can definitely sense the emotional and personal growth and maturity in Hangare when they clearly feel like they can get through more of life's struggles and they have a greater clarity about the what those struggles are, how to define them, and they really realize the power of getting through it with other people. Left and Right was all about, let's keep running with no worries, just throw your hands up and have a good time, you've got this, chin up, don't give up. No need to be afraid. And together, they acknowledge previous references to a lack of direction, saying even though the shaking compass is stuffy, let's do it together. It's foggy, but there's a lot of roads ahead of me. Even if the world goes the other way, we'll never get lost. It's good to walk forward. They further say, bring it on to life in Fearless, saying, give me something new, give me something new. I'm ready to tackle the challenge. 
They say in past tense, I saw myself falling apart. I was scared yesterday. Now they're kind of waking up and realizing those trials and tribulations made me stronger. In the song Fear, they said nothing lasts forever, knowing that I still can't end it. In Fearless, they change it to knowing that I can end it. My My sings about going your own pace in life. They've just really, it feels like through their music they have gathered an inner sense of self-worth and coping mechanisms for their many tumultuous emotions. They also go back to referencing this inner child, this sense that they are very immature, but now they do seem to be more accepting of the fact that they do still have childlike tendencies, viewing it as actually precious. They kind of commit to living their days like children still, and never losing sight of that inner child, turning it into a positive thing, because after all, following their gut instincts, trying to articulate the flustered feelings that came with their younger years, really helped shape them into who they are today, and helped them learn to handle whatever life throws at a relationship, and embrace that relationship. All the themes that they keep bringing up in their work keep coming back. That continues to be true for Semicolon, a release where they continue to sing about Don't Give Up, Life is Run, Let's Look on the Bright Side. They acknowledge running away again in an interesting new way, saying, When a life is chasing after you, you're busy running away. They reference losing their way as well, trying to light a candle to find their way in a light of flame. They also nod back to a sense of not having the right words to really do justice to their emotional state by saying you don't need to explain. They also nod back to some insecurities with all my love, saying I'm getting smaller, a fool, I hate myself, I'm even more sorry for you, but also I'll protect you and I'll become your umbrella in the rain. So they're still going to tough it out even though they're dealing with those resurfaced self-doubts about if they even deserve the love they are receiving. Back to referencing, all I want to do is run away, in Ready to Love. This love now gives them purpose and, on this album, Your Choice, more overtly than ever before, the members feel confident confessing how they feel. So instead of wrapping up what they're saying in flower and endless road and wave metaphors and the like, they continue to do that, but now also they know they don't need metaphors to help them find ways to describe how they're feeling. Maybe even to feel a greater sense of comfort being vulnerable because they're not being as overtly, transparently vulnerable. Now, they don't really care if they look that way. And they're saying, I'm ready to love, I'm ready to embrace this relationship. That's why I find the B-side anyone particularly striking because they have started to say I love you more, love as a verb more, in their music in recent years. But it feels very extra prominent as part of the chorus in anyone. They say I love you in a way that's more emotional and powerful, I would argue, than ever before. And again, they reference holding your hand through it all, saying I'll never let go. Now in the timeline, we are up to the new release, a continuation of the album Your Choice and what they are dubbing The Power of Love Project. As Joshua put it, quote, We want to show these many diverse forms in our own unique way. Love is at the center of our many actions and emotions. Whether it be self-love, love for your friends or family, these are examples of the many different forms of love. But the main thing is that love is at the center of it all. And that's really what this whole concept is. They continue to talk about love in all its many forms and highs and lows in all its complexities throughout the Your Choice concept trailer. 
My initial thoughts on a few lyrics that really stood out to me. First of all, the song 2 minus 1 is a really interesting way to end the album. The whole song is basically saying, I don't need you anymore, I've moved on, but then the song ends with the words, I need ya. Sounds like they're back to lying to themselves to shield themselves from the pain of loss. It's also really interesting to me that they have a song all about crushing on someone. Because remember, way back from their very first single, Adore You, they've been trying to find ways to say out loud and just be confident enough to blurt out, I've got a crush on you. And writing letters and finding other ways to skirt saying it overtly. But now on this new album, they are finally saying, Let's just blurt it out, out in the open, I've got a crush on you. Then you've got I Can't Run Away, which is really interesting given the constant endless road and running metaphors throughout their work. The album starting with the line, I always need you, also seems really significant. The album then ends with the line, I need you too. So this album is bookended by them reiterating they need this love in their lives. So here are 17 big picture takeaways when taking in 17's discography as a whole and including Attica, the new release, key concepts, symbols, etc. to keep in mind that seem to continue to be a part of 17's storytelling again and again and again. Number one, references to flowers and nature. They compare picking and choosing their words to picking the perfect flower, they compare our relationship to a flower that blooms and then withers. They talk about your smile basically looking like a blooming flower that they promised to be the spring for. They talk about being able to withstand the thorns. Falling in love is compared to falling flower petals. That's actually part of the reason they decided to name their song Falling Flower without the G at the end, because it's fallen and fall in. Number two, lots of references to fire and rockets. This sense of taking off and blasting off in a relationship to go somewhere, unexplored territory, no idea what the future holds, powerful, intense heat. Number three, clouds. In music videos and in lyrics, they constantly references going up to the sky and being among the clouds. This sense of it being heavenly to be in love. Number four, clocks and references to the passage of time. They're constantly ruminating about the nature of memory, what memories they want to preserve, how much their past is bleeding into the present day for them, what their future can entail, the sense that even 24 hours in a day is not enough time to cherish this relationship enough, the sense that everyone is too busy to give this relationship the attention it deserves. Number five, waves. Whether describing actually waving to someone, literally, or drowning in a sea of emotions, feeling like they want to swim in the blue of your eyes, they use waves to describe turbulent times, romantic feelings, positive and negative connotations. Number six, the sense of loops, something going full circle, so you are one in the same. In Very Nice, they're singing, when we hold our hands together like a circle, we are endless, just the two of us forever. Run to you is when they say, I'll follow the line that connects us. In light of flame, the shadows come together as one, etc. Number seven, paintings. Addressing this messiness of life, 
how everything in the end is part of a painting. The smudginess, the mixing of many colorful experiences, the different colored paints that come together to make something beautiful out of a mess. And thinking about you and heaven's cloud, and then this whole nod to painting and seeing life's relationships as worth the pain because of the beautiful, wonderful memories that also come with being open to love and vulnerable in a relationship. Those upsides are represented by painting in the brand new video for Rock With You. When there is a lot of painting going on, both on the screen, literally on the camera screen, at least in the teaser video and in the actual full-length video. Number eight, youth. And feeling like a child, feeling immature. Nine would be asking questions. Feeling confused and wondering, what do I say? What's going on in our relationship? What is happening and how do I put a name to it? Ten, letters. Writing down how you feel when you can't say or express it out loud. Number 11, movie references. The sense that you're playing starring roles in a movie, like in Happy Ending and Crazy in Love. They bring it back in a 2021 release, anyone, when they say, we are two main characters without supporting actors. Like, we are the show. Number 12 is the power in the word love as a verb. 13 is their use of punctuation. We've talked about the semicolon. That album was named semicolon because it represented trying to take a break, go easy on yourself, and now we have Attica, which refers to a place where there's no pause, an immediate transition from piece to piece, usually from musical piece to musical piece. So we went from intentionally pausing to reassess, is this really what we want to do, to saying, yep, let's dive right in, we are ready to love, we are ready to rock with you, we are ready for this really honest, deep relationship with someone else. But number 14 is lies. They continue to lie to themselves, second-guess themselves, and preemptively try to shelter themselves from the pain of a truth. Feeling so scared of being inadequate in a relationship that they prematurely convince themselves they are inadequate. Number 15, distance. Roads away from each other, running to each other, trying to close that gap. 16, dreams and everything having to do with waking up either literally or metaphorically eyes tears crying they talk a lot in their music not just about dreams and what they dream of literally and metaphorically but they also describe eyes as a key way to connect with someone on a deep level and eyes really tell the story again this reinforces their bottom line that words are on their own insufficient to truly unpack the layered emotions we experience so they rely on emphasized feelings through referencing physical gestures. So they talk about eyes a lot. In the early days, it was about stealing glances at your crush, holding hands and looking into each other's eyes. In Flower, they say it's okay for me to get hurt, the one who let me know and see myself. That eagerness and genuine love in their eyes, they seem to cutely nod back to when they say and run to you, remember why my eyes grew so big? Like the first time they met. This also ties back into the mirror symbolism, and them talking about opening their eyes and seeing themselves in the mirror. And in the early years, that was in their darker songs, self-loathing songs. Fast forward to my my, and they're saying, I meet myself in the mirror every day and blossom a new me. They feel like it's a nice, exciting, fresh start that they are worthy of having. They also, speaking of physical ways to emphasize how you feel, hands in hand holding is a huge prominent theme. 
when I grow up is when they say, don't you dare let go of my hand. They offer their hand to you in healing, in drift away, lean on me, love letter. Even in times when the relationship is souring, like in fast pace, they're still like, why can't we let go of each other's hands? Why are we still so into this? They use holding hands as a way to describe being ready to jump into life's next big adventure together, like in Change Up, ready to love. Lastly, there seem to be a lot of numbers and counting in Seventeen's work. Pretty You, Love Letter, Left and Right, Network Love, Habit, Snap Shoot, Do Re Mi. They say one, two, three, or three, two, one, a lot. And I know that may seem like nothing, but just the sheer amount of times it has happened across musical eras and years of their career makes it seem significant. So I wonder if counting is a way of their nodding back to another constant symbolism of time. Talking about the concept of time, feeling like it's going by both too fast and too slow for your liking, and counting could be a way of centering themselves, a therapeutic coping thing to focus on, or the opposite, a nerve-wracking thing. But I think that counting is meaningful in some way. That symbol I'm still sussing out the meaning of, but the rest I think are much more clearly used. All of these themes that keep showing up in Seventeen's work also show up in the visual components, like choreography and music videos, which we will dive into in future installments of this new series of 17 episodes. Big career retrospectives for them. But I do want to say a few things about the Attica music video first. My full review will be on the site this weekend, as will more episodes of the show within a week of the time you're hearing this will be out. But the most notable things about the Rock With You video to me, when looking at this in relation to all these past musical eras of theirs, is that many props and character roles persist. The repetition of this stuff is notable. In the new video, just like in Boom Boom, Woozy is centered around his equipment, pianos and computers and stuff. Also like previous videos, June is back in the parking garage, there's a rooftop scene, much like the whole rooftop garden situation in Oh My. Like I said before, the painting is significant. Wanwu's driving by on a motorcycle, past road signs that say Attica. The use of road signs and this constant reference to going down endless roads seems related. There are these columns in the background that projected images are on, and those projections remind me of the intentionally green screen look of the graphics in their very first single, Adore You. That video's look of this being all a literal projection, and of course it's of bright blue skies and clouds. The image is also projected on columns that look kind of like the ones that were a part of the video for Hit that the members stood on, like referenced so many times before in their songs. There are flames, references to growing up, Mingyu is shaving, and remember previously, I said a character to keep an eye on is Esku, for reasons we've talked about on previous Seventeen Talk episodes. And I think that's the case here too, for him getting to take the lead, and for being featured front and center in this video. Him being the leader of the group, of course, probably has something to do with that too, but I also think for his character's sake in the stories, it makes sense too, which we'll dive into in a future episode. My quick thought about this album is that it is truly another wonderful job well done. Really great layered instrumentals, 
There's some possibly unintentional, but delightful nevertheless nods back to earlier releases. I also think, since we're talking about lyrics today, it's worth noting that the title track where they talk about I Wanna Rock With You, that's the lyric throughout the whole thing until the very end, when it changes to I Wanna Stay With You. Which you could interpret as them lying to themselves, and instead of saying something akin to I want to stay in a relationship with you, they just say they want to be in the same place as you. You could also interpret it to mean I want to do more than just rock with you as a friend, but I actually want to stay with you and have this promise that what we have won't fade into another memory. Either way, them leaving with that note feels very worth thinking about, very significant. So many of the themes we just spent time addressing resurface when you look at the lyrics to rock with you. In this new title track, they're counting again, three, two, one. They talk about how they're nothing without you, like you complete them, that sense of becoming one with them. In the refrain, they say no words are enough for you. They also reference your eyes and falling back into them. And then there's that interesting ending lyric. So that is all for today. I hope it was an interesting new way to look at Seventeen's discography. Stay tuned for lots more from me. Happy Attica listening day, and I'll talk to you all again super soon. Bye, everyone.